0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Escalante, Utah, with my good friend Ranger Rose McHenry, the author of Trip Tales, From Family Camping to Life as a Ranger. She visited Escalante because it's the gateway city to the Grand Staircase National Monument and loves the small town because it offers everything a traveler needs when visiting the local trails. In this episode, Ranger Rose and I talk about exploring the Grand Staircase National Monument, attending Escalante Heritage Days, and hiking to Calf Creek Falls you hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit Utah, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Ranger Rose's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Escalante. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use Award Wallet to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey Ranger Rose, how's it going?
1: Great Lee, thank you. Thanks for having me on the program. Excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So last time we talked about Moab and today we're talking about another city, it's in Utah called Escalante, which is kind of like a gateway to some of the national parks and and national monuments that are there in Utah.
1: It is. It's a gateway town to the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. Long, long name. (laughs) Grand Staircase for short. And um, that Small village of Escalante offers all the amenities that a traveler would want. It's got lodging, glamping, camping, excellent dining, groceries, gas, several outstanding visitor centers, sporting goods shops, backroading, and really exciting excursion tours.
0: Well, fantastic! Yeah, I'd, like I'm, I'm okay with like one or two nights of camping, but I prefer the luxury of a hotel bed and certainly being able to take a nice warm shower in a in a private in a private room. So. Uh, It's nice that they have more options than than just being able to pitch a tent and going out there.
1: Yeah, it's great to have options.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about, I know that you used to be a a national park ranger. And when you're talking about like a, a national monument versus a national park, what's the difference between the two of them?
1: Oh, great question. Congress can create a national monument, but only a president can actually create a national park. So that's the major difference. And then usually a national monument is a more laid back, relaxed kind of usage. It offers more things like backroading and excursions and a wider freedom of use, whereas national parks are generally more restrictive in their use. They have more rules and things that you, you need to follow.
0: Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. But either way, you know, as, as travelers, we want to respect the nature, respect the local area and make sure that we can keep it for, for generations to come. I know I have young kids, and whenever we go visit things, we want to make sure that they can come back with their children and and the, their children can come back with their children, you know, to be able to see these monuments and, and national parks and, and see them the same way that we saw them.
1: Absolutely. And whenever I did give ranger talks, I would always look at the children and say, you know, your grandchildren might want to come here someday. You get the craziest looks from kids when you say that, but it really <laughs> makes them think. And the uh, interagency visitor center there in Escalante—it's uh, it's largely managed by the Bureau of Land Management, but also with partnership with the U.S. National Park Service and the U.S. Forest Service. So it's uh, it's kind of a conglomeration of different things. But Grand Staircase is primarily managed by the uh, Bureau of Land Management, which is unusual in the National Park Service. So they they do a great job out there.
0: Right. On. Yeah, I want to talk a, a lot more about the Grand Staircase and and all the other. Cool canyons and, and great places to be able to take a hikes. But first, let's talk about for people not familiar with Escalante, where is it in the state and and how do we get there?
1: Well, it's in the southwest part of Utah and it's southwest of Moab. So you can you can actually see some of the mountains that surround Moab when you're in the Escalante Grand Staircase area. And the section of roadway that you want to be on is Highway 12, and that leads from the town of Torrey, in the north down to Panguitch in the south. The Highway 12 is actually 124 miles long, and it's absolutely spectacular scenery.
0: Oh, that's really cool. So I'm here in Nashville, and although it would be awesome to be able to make that drive to go over there, if we're going to fly, where would we fly into?
1: Well, the nearest international airport is Salt Lake City, Utah. It's uh, quite a ways. It's about 275 miles away from Escalante, but from there you can rent a car or an RV to get to Escalante and you'll want a high clearance vehicle to visit the sites. Uh, actually like looking at
0: the map, it kind of looks like it's about halfway between Salt Lake and Las Vegas. It looks like for you know, sometimes when you're trying to find cheap flights, you know, or more direct flights, it looks like you can probably fly into Vegas as well and like drive through Saint George and, and head up to Escalante that way as well.
1: You definitely could. And a lot of people do like to come from St. George. We drive from uh, Auburn, California. So we we tend to come a different route. But yeah, a lot of people love coming up from St. George. So definitely another option there.
0: So, okay. So uh, I think obviously based on the distance from the two airports there, it probably makes sense to rent a car when we visit there, right?
1: Definitely. You'll want to rent a car or an RV to get to Escalante. And then when you're in and around there and you want to visit Grand Staircase and go to some of the backcountry areas, you'll definitely want a high-clearance vehicle to visit the sites, especially if you're going out along the Hole in the Rock Road, which is a 62-mile gravel and dirt road that takes you to some of the most spectacular things to see. And you can drive a standard car along Highway 12 to see many of the other beautiful sites in the region, which has so much to offer. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah, and maybe one of those things for, you know, some of us, either from a, from a pricing or from just a comfort level, maybe you don't want necessarily a 4x4 to, to get around. And maybe you just rent a, a normal car to get there. And then when you're there, you sign up for some tours or, you know, service like that, which will be able to take you to those back road areas. And then you can kind of enjoy the ride versus having to kind of be nervous when you're driving on some of these uneasy roads.
1: That's a great point, Lee. Um, And some of the more remote areas, I definitely would choose an excursion instead. In fact, (laughs) one of the areas that I I hiked into and then scrambled into, I wish that I had actually hired an excursion outfitter instead. And that was um, when I went down Hole in the Rock Road to Spooky Gulch and Peekaboo Slot Canyon. And I hiked in there. It's a 6.7-mile round trip. Well, that's fine. I was able to do that. But scrambling down into there and climbing and scrambling my way back out, I I wished that I was with more people. And getting into some of those tight slot canyons, I mean, there are some of those canyons in there like Spooky Gulch and Peekaboo Slot Canyon where they're a foot wide in places, literally one foot wide. And I'm like trying to scramble through there and climb up these uh, these steep rock walls. And I, I would like to have had some other people along with me.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's one of those things that when you're traveling in in a group is is much better, (laughs) you know, in case something happens. I think also when, when you're traveling and going there, maybe like in the warmer months when, you know, there's snakes and other animals and stuff like that, uh, having more eyes on the, on the trail to prevent dangerous things from happening is a good idea.
1: Absolutely. In fact, at one point when I was climbing back out of the the uh, the hike to Spooky Gulch, I got to this really steep rock wall and I'm like, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get up this. And there was this couple from France that came up the hill. So I had to resurrect my high school French and say, J'ai peur. I'm afraid. <laughs> 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 We're kind enough. The gentleman was kind enough to give me a hand up.
0: <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I think that's one of the great things about you know, being out in nature is that uh, I think that the community of people that that do hiking and climbing and, and things of that nature are just a little bit more friendly than, like, more normal, like, situations, right? Like, like you kind of understand what you're in the same situation. Like, hey, we're all in this together.
1: Absolutely. In fact, um, when I did get down into Spooky Gulch, I ended up walking along with several other people that I met down there, and I was glad to have the companionship. So spectacular, spectacular uh, narrow slot canyons to visit down in there. And there's another one called Zebra Stripe Canyon that's very popular. A lot of people go down in there, and that's a several miles hike to get down in there and then a really narrow access. But all these places are spectacular and definitely worth hiking in to visit.
0: That's fantastic. So like I actually did a trip to Antelope Canyon a few years ago and I know like with that you have to have reservations and because they want to minimize the the kind of the foot traffic through some of these places for one for the experience, but also two for just kind of like preservation of the land and everything. Are there, are there special like permits or reservations that you need to be able to, to visit some of these, uh, some of these areas?
1: Great question, because when I went to Canyonlands in, in near Moab, Canyonlands National Park, I, ha- I had—you actually have to have a reservation to drive down inside the canyons. But this area, Grand Staircase, is still relatively undiscovered country. It, it's a well-known secret to people in Utah, and some people overseas have discovered it. But it's still relatively undiscovered country, and you don't need reservations yet. What I do recommend is that you go to these places in the spring, the fall, and the winter, and not during the summer. Anytime after May 1st through uh, November 1st, it's pretty warm there. I mean, in the winter, it's 65 and sunny. In the late spring and summer, it can easily get up to 90 to 100 plus down in those canyons. So, you are really rocking the sweat. <laughs> well, yeah, and
0: Again, like we talked about uh, traveling in groups is making sure you're bringing enough water and those types of things. That way, again, you're not getting into trouble when you're out on some of those
1: hikes. That is so true. And most of us were like, Oh, I don't want to carry that much water in, but you do because otherwise you're going to be cursing yourself once you're down in there without it. Sure. Sure.
0: Now, one of the things I always do is, is I, I travel a lot with my kids and you know, they're seven and eleven and they're pretty advanced and like skilled based on the sports they play and everything like that. But are these uh, all these different hikes and, and canyons and and everything like that, Is that a good place to take kids or is that something where maybe you should wait till they're a little bit older?
1: Well, I think you can absolutely take children to Grand staircase. There's a lot of other places besides those narrow slot canyons, like Devil's Garden, which is just twelve miles down, Uh, This back road that I mentioned called Hole in the Rock Road. You can get down to Devil's Garden easily, even in a standard car. And it is absolutely spectacular. It's got these amazing rock formations and hoodoos and rock goblins and all these different arches and things. And kids can easily get in there and kick around. And also, um, Calf Creek Falls, which is one of the most popular places in the area, kids can easily walk up that trail and uh, see different things along the way. Even if you don't take them on the entire 6.7 mile round trip hike, it's just a beautiful place to walk into. So, oh yeah, there's a lot of beautiful overlooks and places that you can take your entire family to.
0: Cool. And like you mentioned earlier about the, the visitor center, if you're a little unsure, I think going into the visitor center and like talking to one of the the rangers there, then you can say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm with my kids and they can kind of scope them out a little bit and see, like, OK, based on how old they are, what might be a good trail to go on with them?
1: Absolutely. And there's there's nearby state parks, too, like the Petrified Forest State Park right there in Escalante. And that is beautiful and a great place for families. And then just about a half an hour south near Cannonville, um, there are all kinds of places to go see, like Kodachrome Basin State Park, which is just like the name, it's absolutely spectacular colors in there and beautiful arches and rock formations. And that's easy to reach with kids of any age. So yeah, lots of places to see.
0: Okay. And like earlier, we were kind of talking about like the time of year to visit and everything. Are there certain like festivals or, or annual events that happen throughout the year that if somebody is planning their trip out there, Escalante and seeing the Grand Staircase, maybe they want to hit up one of these other things as well.
1: Yeah, they they have a half dozen different festivals and, and events throughout the year. They have, and the dates vary, so the best thing is to check online. We just got there in late September, early October, and we had arrived just after they had had the Escalante Canyons Art Festival. That's probably their one of their biggest festivals all year, and they feature all different kinds of art. It's also called Everett Roast Days because... In 1934, there was a young poet named Everett Rush that left the town of Escalante to follow, in his words, the sweeping way of the wind into the nearby deserts and canyons, which was great, but he never came back again. <laughs> <laughs> he was an amazing artist. So today they honor him with uh, all kinds of displays of his art, which are woodcuts, drawings, poetry, and other writings inspired by the beautiful wilderness that he traveled through. And so people come and they bring all kinds of art to this festival and it's outdoors and it's, it's beautiful and, and people really enjoy that event. There's also the uh, Escalante Canyons Marathon and they also have a very uh, nice 5k fun run. They have uh, a rodeo in July they have an Independence Day celebration, of course, around the 4th of July. And then they also have Escalante Heritage Days, which is um, kind of a combination of yoga and food trucks, which is a great combination. Okay. So, <laughs> all these different <laughs> things going on all year long.
0: Right on. Well, yeah, I, I always look at it as like, if you're going to be trying some of those food trucks, you got to kind of stretch out with the yoga and stretch your belly out a little bit to make sure you can, <laughs> you can fit all that food in there. <laughs>
1: That's a great point. <laughs>
0: So well, speaking of food, obviously we're, we're going through all these hikes and we're kind of going through the canyons, building up an appetite. What are some of the, the restaurant recommendations you have when you're there in, in Escalante?
1: Okay, so favorite places to eat. You know, for a small town, Escalante is amazing. It's it's really just a few blocks long. You could walk from one end of town to the other in a few minutes, but it had so many amazing places to eat. And our absolute favorite was the Escalante Outfitters for their truly Awesome homemade hand tossed pizza. When you walk into that place, you're literally overwhelmed by the aroma of fresh pizza dough, mascarpone cheese, fresh tomatoes and peppers, pastrami, pepperoni, salami, and more. I mean, it's just overwhelming. The pizza was fantastic, and that place is always busy with happy customers. In fact, the pizza is so good that most people order multiple pizzas so that they have some to bring back with them for later. And the reason it's called Escalante Outfitters is because it's also a local shop for trip gear, therefore the name.
0: (laughs) That makes a lot of sense.
1: But um, a couple of other really great places to go was there's a place called Georgie's Outdoor Mexican Cafe. It's a popular stop, a simple little storefront shop with picnic tables outside. It's a really popular Mexican cafe. And then just outside of town, near the Calf Creek campground, up on a hill is this place called the Kiva Coffee House. And it's got this spectacular view of Calf Creek. It's this view that goes on for like 100 miles, literally. And it's called the Kiva Coffee House because they've designed it to look like a Pueblo Kiva inside. And they offer delicious coffee and fresh baked muffins with just this stunning, spectacular view. Giant picture windows looking out at this spectacular view.
0: Sounds like a good spot to start the day. Be able to take, soak in the views, get your coffee, get your pastry, and get your tummy full before you go out there on the on the on the trails.
1: And then head down into that spectacular canyon, yeah, to go to the Calf Creek Waterfall Trail.
0: Nice. Like we talked about earlier, that you know the town's pretty small and everything. Where did you stay when you were there, and, and what do you recommend somebody else stay? Like,
1: well, there's a, like I said, there there are a number of lodges, yurts. RV parks and cabins in town and we were impressed with Escalante cabins and RV park because it's it's real clean and well managed it has separate cabin units and this is all within walking distance to all of the amenities in town but there are also lots and lots of other equally appealing places to stay depending on you know what the traveler is looking for there's several RV parks several different motels different lodges But we really liked Escalante cabins and and RV park because it it, it was diverse with the separate cabin units. Another question that often comes up, is there any part of town to avoid? And I'd say absolutely not. The whole town is small, friendly, clean, and well-managed. I mean, if I were going to choose one word to describe that place it would be friendly and accommodating
0: nice nice well right on well ranger rose i really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for escalante i i think it's one of those things i want to be able to take my kids and, and check out some of these you know, national parks and monuments and escalante sounds like just like such a wonderful place to go but now it's time for the final countdown if somebody only had time for one meal when they visited escalante where would they go and what should they eat
1: well i definitely go to the escalante outfitters for my pizza and I'd probably get the one that was the vegetarian pizza that had the mascarpone cheese on it because that was fabulous. But any pizza you order there, you're going to love.
0: <laughs> All right, on. Now, obviously, like, we know that you don't live there, but you were there for a little while and got to kind of enjoy yourself on the trails and in the town. What's one of the most memorable experiences while you were there?
1: Well, I think the most memorable experience for us was Devil's Garden. Just going down Hole in the Rock Road to Devil's Garden because the rock formations there and the stunning scenery, it was just incredible to take in. And also, we spent a couple of days boondocking, camping in the wild for free, up near the top of Hole in the Rock Road, and we had a spectacular canyon rim campsite. And we loved to sit out there in the evening and just watch the sunset. That was spectacular.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome although I I, I I question myself if i was laying on the on the dirt
1: <laughs>
0: I, I bring a, a playable mattress or something like that I'm, I'm a little spoiled that way
1: well we have an rv
0: oh there you go <laughs> that's even better so
1: in our nice folding chairs outside of our rv
0: there we go <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of good times and happy memories where's the happiest happy hour in escalante
1: Well, I think taking a camp chair and going to one of the nearby canyon rims, honestly, and just enjoying a sunset view, but any of the restaurants in town have some uh, just fantastic places and um, every one of them has like localized beers that you can enjoy as well. But for me, the happiest happy hour, sitting at the edge of the canyon in our campsite off Hole in the Rock Road.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. Now I know the answer to this one based on everything you said, but everywhere I go, I always check out the local pizzas. I assume that Escalante Outfitters is the best place for pepperoni pizza in the
1: Absolutely. Hands down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Now, I know know, we've talked before about Moab and then, you know, obviously you've traveled all over the place, you know, with uh, promoting your book as well as just being, you know, a ranger and, and experiencing all the different parks, but what's your best travel tip?
1: Well, I think if you're going to be out in that kind of remote canyon country, definitely rent a Jeep or other four-wheel drive vehicle so that you can trek. And if you're not comfortable renting a a four-wheel drive vehicle, and it's so easy, honestly, Jeeps nowadays or four-wheel drive vehicles are so easy to operate. But if not, then go with an outfitter if you're going to go to some of the more remote areas. And Excursions of Escalante was the best known local organization for tours there in the town of Escalante. So either run a Jeep or go with us excursions of Escalante.
0: That sounds fantastic. Well, again, Ranger Rose, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips. You're inspiring me to travel and see some of these national parks. Uh, They have such great beauty and it's a way to get the kids away from electronics and actually just kind of enjoying nature. But can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, thank you, Lee. My name, I go by r- Ranger Rose, Rose or Ranger Rose, and it's because I was a park ranger almost all of my life. I started with uh, national parks and then I went to California state parks for a number of years and then back to national parks again. So I've worked in parks all over the West and I recently wrote a book called Trip Tales from Family Camping to Life as a Ranger. And it's a collection of really funny and really entertaining short stories about camping with my family as a kid and all of the ridiculous, wild, adventurous, crazy, silly, and fun adventures that we had, stories that are guaranteed to make you laugh out loud, and how those adventures as a child inspired me to become a National Park Ranger. And then the, uh, my early years as a Ranger, working in places like the Golden Gate National Recreation Area and the Marin Headlands Uh, just north of the Golden Gate Bridge, and then later at Mount Rainier National Park in Washington. So that book, Trip Tales from Family Camping to Life as a Ranger, is available on Amazon, and you're guaranteed to laugh out loud. And then now I'm working on my second book, which is going to be called Tales from a Rogue Ranger, Rogue, R-O-G-U-E, and it's going to be about my more recent adventures as a park ranger working here in the American River Canyon in California. So thank you for asking. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And
0: congratulations on working on your second book. And thank hopefully you, by the time the uh, people listen to this episode, that book will
1: be available. And even if it's not, then maybe it'll be on pre-order. Well, the second one, not quite yet, uh, probably summer of 24, but uh, Trip Tales from Family Camping to Life as a Ranger is definitely available right now. And guaranteed to make you laugh.
0: Well, we'll definitely include links to that in the show notes. So if somebody has questions about your books or about Escalante or any of the other national parks that, that you are so knowledgeable on, uh, what's the best way to reach you on social media?
1: Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, my website is www.triptalesbook.com. So Yeah, And if they go there, they will, uh, they will easily find me and learn all about me and look at my blog and uh, they can email me and ask questions and I'll be happy to get back to them.
0: Well, fantastic. Uh, Thank you for doing that. And uh, you thank you for being on the show and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there.
1: Thank you, Lee. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for the opportunity.
0: What an awesome conversation with Ranger Rose. There are so many amazing national parks, national monuments and state parks that you can visit anywhere in the United States. I encourage listeners to find something local to get out, enjoy the clean air, and spend time with friends and family on the trails. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Ranger Roses tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Escalante. We want to say thank you to Award Wallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Award Wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Basel, Switzerland to speak with my good friend, Matt Richter of financial-imagineer.com. In this episode, Matt and I talk about visiting Basel Minster, a 1200 year old church building and exploring Bursack Castle, one of the four castles overlooking the Beers River. You'll be joining us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you
1: won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.